NPR. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Adrian Ma. And I'm Darian Woods. Today, we're joined by the great Erica Barris of Planet Money. Welcome, Erica. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Erica, it is awesome to have you, especially on the most special days of Indicator Days, Indicators of the Week Day. That's right. Today, we are going to bring you three insights about the economy from this week. We're looking at whether or not inflation is dead, whether all our labor data has been wrong, And a strange kind of policy with shrimp at Red Lobster. Yes, those are real words I just said. (laughs) Today, you're going to get all the indicators you can eat. That's coming up after the break. But really, it's it's not all you can eat. It'll just be three. If three is the maximum you can eat. It's a three-course meal. This message comes from NPR sponsor E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, their tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Now when you open an account, you can get up to $1,000 with a qualifying deposit. Terms apply. Learn more at etrade.com slash NPR. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC. Member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley. Support for NPR and the following message come from State Farm. As a State Farm agent and agency owner, Lakeisha Gaines understands the support small businesses need. Every day we get the privilege of helping people to recover from the unexpected, realize their dreams. For small business owners, we help them to think about all the things that are necessary so that they can continue to run their businesses successfully without interruption. Talk to your local agent about small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Darian Woods, you're first up for Indicators of the Week. All right, so my indicator is 2.4%. That's the latest inflation number for the Eurozone. It came out yesterday. It's part of this wider trend of that worldwide inflation wave that we had over the last couple of years, seeming like it's coming crashing back down to normal levels. Oh, yeah, like 2.4%. That is so, like, strikingly close to 2%. Yeah, that's right. So just like in the US, the European Central Bank wants prices to rise 2% each year, not more than that. And also, just like the US, they have really struggled with that in recent years, with inflation at one point over 10%. But those days now seem to be in the rearview mirror. Okay, just hang on. I'm going to dust off this bottle of champagne that I'd actually (laughs) saved for this. A little toast for our friends in Italy and Germany. Very generous of you, Erica. And and you might want to save a bottle for here in the U.S. too, because a different measure of October's inflation just came out. It's what's known as PCE inflation, personal consumption expenditures inflation. It's a little bit more accurate in some ways than the consumer price index. The Federal Reserve actually prefers PCE. And it was only 3% in the U.S. And we are getting very close to that magical 2% number. But I mean, seriously, like, when can we actually celebrate? Like, I don't want to just, like, drink up all of Erica's good champagne just to find out that inflation spikes back up again in a couple months. Although I will do it. I will drink the champagne. <laughs> I mean, have you tried recorking champagne? I don't think it ends very well. Um, but we will definitely do this when inflation does hit 2%. 
And then this other milestone will be, I guess, when the central banks start lowering interest rates. Yep, there's been a lot of speculation about when this will happen in the U.S. Yeah, one of the Federal Reserve governors, Chris Waller, gave a speech this week, and he said that if we keep seeing lower inflation for several more months, quote, you could then start lowering the policy rate because inflation's lower, end quote. He says that lower inflation means that the Fed can lower interest rates. That means easier borrowing. It's exciting news for anybody buying a new house or a car. Okay, so like people should be marking their calendars to maybe check in in several months. And hopefully by then this inflation dragon will be finally vanquished. (laughs) Time will tell. We'll wait and see because, you know, nothing is really as it seems in economics, which is particularly true in your case uh, with the next indicator that you're bringing us, Erica. That's right. My indicator is 5.5. That is, the share of employed workers would be up to 5.5 percentage points higher if all the people that do casual gig work were counted in the formal employment metrics. In other words, the data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which keeps track of these numbers, may not have been properly accounting for all the workers in the U.S. That means about 7 million people or more aren't being properly accounted for. That's a lot of gig workers. Right. So there's Uber drivers, those those delivery workers, uh, people who work in ghost kitchens, I guess all of these. You sell like old instruments on eBay or right. whatever, like all of that. It, those are people that are like not maybe being accounted for. A quick caveat is that 5.5 is a generous estimate, but we're just going to like roll with it. Okay. Um, so employment metrics come from the current population survey from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and they capture all kinds of information about, you know, who's working in the labor force, the kind of work they do. But there's this new paper out from the Boston Fed that found that there are lots of people who say they aren't working, but actually are. And what these researchers did was pull from a survey that asked similar questions that BLS survey asked, but then they asked some of the same questions in different ways. And it turned out, yes, a lot of people actually are working. Was it just that, like, the questions weren't clear or people didn't understand them? It was, I think that people were like, well, what is work, right? So they'd be like, oh, well, you know, if the question was like, are you working? They'd say no. But they'd say, well, yeah, I guess I do pick up a few hours of childcare here and there. Or, you know, if you're doing something you love, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. All of that stuff is like, oh, I guess when you think about it, you know, it is doing labor in exchange Mm. for money. And that technically is work. And then another kind of really surprising thing is that all these misclassified gig workers, people who say, oh, I'm not working, um, they tend to be older. They tend to describe themselves as retired. Um, They're more likely to say they do, like, gig work as a hobby rather than to, like, earn extra income, which is super interesting. Huh. So, So we're not saying the data does not include gig workers, but there is a class of gig workers that aren't really sure if they're working or not. And so the basic questions don't really work for them sometimes. Yes, exactly. And yeah, the researchers say this could be pointing to like a hidden labor supply. And essentially, this could give us a fuller picture of the labor market. Seems like it might have been doing better than we thought. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for that indicator, Erica. And last but not least, Adrian, what do you got for us? Yes, it is late in the day on a Friday. Time to go get something to eat, right? Uh, And my indicator has to do with a restaurant chain that has been trying to lure value-minded, inflation-weary diners, and that is the casual seafood chain Red Lobster. Everybody knows Red Lobster, right? I've heard of it. Of course. Never been. Cheddar, what? Cheddar Bay Biscuits? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) 
Darren, yeah, get yourself to a Red Lobster. I will endorse those cheddar biscuits. Okay. Um, <laughs> Red Lobster, uh, beloved by some, uh, is struggling lately. It actually posted a $11 million loss this past quarter. So that is my indicator of the week. Negative $11 million. And the company says a key reason for this is their ultimate endless shrimp promotion. Wow. And as the name implies, <laughs> this lets diners order as many shrimp entrees as they can stomach for the low price of $20. So, yes. Aye. Grilled shrimp, coconut shrimp, shrimp scampi, etc. So it sounds like this is a loss leader in the sense that they're losing a lot of money from this <laughs> deal, which presumably was there to attract people into the store, hoping that they would spend more money on the regular price things. No, that's, that, that's what they were trying to do. And Endless Shrimp, in quotes, is actually a promotion that Red Lobster has been doing for years. But here's the key thing. It was on Mondays. Mm. But for context, the company has been struggling in recent years. They've been closing restaurants. They were expecting this fall season to be pretty slow. And so they decided, what if instead of Endless Shrimp Mondays, we just make Endless Shrimp every day? And it did slightly increase foot traffic to the restaurants. But also, a lot more people took advantage of the ultimate endless shrimp than the company predicted. And this miscalculation is expected to contribute to the company losing about $20 million overall this year. That's so, quite a miscalculation. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the company, the executive at Thai Union Group, which is actually the parent company of Red Lobster, they say they're not getting rid of ultimate endless shrimp but they will raise the price from $20 to $25. Okay. I don't know if that's enough, but okay. <laughs> this, is, this is a lesson in listening to your strategic financial analyst with those spreadsheets and seeing <laughs> what the numbers tell you. I've hoped you've all had your fill of indicators uh, this week because that is it for the show. Until then, you know, digest, maybe wash back with some champagne, get some shrimp delivered take some antacid. We'll see you next week. This episode was produced by Willa Rubin and engineered by Josh Newell. Fact-checking was done by Sierra Juarez. Kate Cannon edits the show, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. Hard times for Red Lobster. That's money they, they probably wish they could claw back. Hardy. Har, har. I get it. Claw. Back. It. Red Lobster. Yeah. They're in the red. Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Greenlight. Want to teach your kids financial literacy? With Greenlight, kids and teens use a debit card of their own, while parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and savings in the app. Get your first month free at greenlight.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com switch.